0: Considering a transition to private pay, Thrizer can help you transform out of network therapy to look and feel like an in network experience for your clients. Your clients just pay co-insurance for sessions instead of waiting weeks for reimbursement. Thrizer covers the rest of your fees so you get paid in full upfront. Check out our special link, join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thrizer.
1: Is your mental health practice buried in the bottom of Google search results? There's a way out. Simplified SEO Consulting offers a roadmap to search engine success. As mental health professionals, they know how to help therapists attract ideal clients and build a thriving practice. Go to simplifiedseoconsulting.com forward slash modern therapist to learn more and unlock your SEO potential this summer.
0: You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt Widhelm with Katie Vernoy, and today's a very special episode. This is our first ever live podcast. We are at the Center for Discovery Beverly Hills location, and we are joined by Dr. Salisa Flores. She's the clinical outreach person, and she's here to talk to us about the neuroscience of stress. So welcome, and thank you for joining us, Salisa.
2: Welcome. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be part of this podcast. And it's pretty well-timed,
1: the neuroscience of stress. (laughs) Kurt and I are putting on a little conference. You know, we're we're a little stressed out. So we, we definitely need this right now. So Excellent. so we're very excited to talk with you. We always ask the very first question is tell us who you are and what you're putting out
2: into the world. Thank you. I am a, I have trained as a PsyD and I also have trained as a yoga instructor and a mindfulness instructor. Those are things that I've practiced in my life since I was a kid and I am excited to be able to share them and pass along sort of a bridge between the physical experience of practice and the neuroscience of really understanding why this practice is beneficial for brain health and stress management and just overall life management.
0: Awesome. And I'm super excited to see how this works because I've seen (laughs) Salisa present in person before and to translate what's usually a very visual and experiential workshop to your ears through the the wonderful media of podcasts. If, if you ever get a chance to see Salisa, this is like the taste of it, but I will do my best to describe everything physical that Salisa is doing <laughs> while, while we're going through this. Because, well, and my experience with her before has been that when she's talking about self-care and about how to take care of yourself, she actually has you do it during during the presentation. So it's really something where it, it's a great reminder of just how stress accumulates and especially for therapists that I never would have thought that things that would come up in my practice would be things that, and I know we pride ourselves on talking about things that aren't ever talked about in grad school, but mm-hmm. I was surprised when I was like 30 And my hips hurt from (laughs) sitting in a therapist chair.
2: absolutely. And I think this is, it's really one of my favorite things to do. I love being able to teach clients, but more than that, I love to be able to teach therapists how important this to have our own personal practices. I know Kurt and I talked about this in the past that an occupational hazard of being a therapist is hip problems and shoulder problems. And uh, that's just part of our bodies aren't really meant to sit all day long. So when we have, if there's maybe some stretching or some yoga postures that we could do that are really simple between clients, when most Of us probably weren't going to finish a note anyway. Um, (laughs) It's a good opportunity to kind of uh, help support our bodies through that, through the time of having a few minutes between clients.
0: And and these are things that are much cheaper than like the $12,000 Eames chairs, the stressless chairs that I, I see some people talking about. But I do remember in talking about stress as far as shoulders and and hip problems go, is that there's some maybe some psychological reasons behind why those why those two areas.
2: Sure. So there's um a lot of really beautiful metaphors in yoga that are actually lost in translation into our Western understanding of what yoga is. Uh, oftentimes, we're taught that the yoga postures are the All of yoga. And it's really only one of the branches of the eight limbs of yoga. But one of the metaphors that I really appreciate is sort of understanding that therapists have shoulder issues because we carry the burdens of other people, sort of Mm. carrying the weight of the world. And um, hips, hip problems are really about moving forward. So feeling stuck and feeling trapped by sort of all of these burdens that we're carrying can be one of the metaphors of being a therapist and also the way that our body translates and understands this.
1: Wow. That's not, see, I've not heard you speak. So I I don't know kind of all this stuff. So I'm like, Whoa, this is amazing. Um, so, so we hold it in our bodies. I have to say that does sound a little woo woo. So how does that work?
2: Sure, sure. Absolutely. So there's a lot of um, really amazing other people that I look to. Um, The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk is a really great understanding of trauma and how our body stores trauma. And really, the reality is that we're experiencing vicarious trauma through our experiences with our clients. And we also have our own lives, right? We also Mm -hmm. have our own experiences. You guys are planning a conference. There's all these stressors that sort of accumulate. (laughs) We're not we don't just exist in isolation as a therapist. We still have our own life that we're trying to manage. Um, So our body really our nervous system really is interpreting things and storing them. In various places throughout our body. And some of those holding patterns are the physical manifestation of our body's nervous system trying to make sense of it. So a lot of tightness in the abdomen is a very common fight or flight response that we may not even notice that we're holding. Mm -hmm. Um, So some of these patterns, um, when the body's in fight or flight, will automatically contract the abdomen and the pelvic area to get us ready to run. And we're not going to run, right? Like yeah. we're not going for a run between clients. We only have 10 minutes, but our body is preparing us for that, whether we're aware of it or conscious of it or not. I think that's so interesting because
1: I think there's this idea that we're responding to these things and- and. Oftentimes, it is the vicarious trauma, or it can be just the stress and the overwhelm of being an entrepreneur, right? Like it feels right. like it's life or death. That fe- you know, there's right. a lot of survival needs. You know, the kind of making sure that we're making enough money, that we're going to be able to do this thing, that we're holding this fight or flight response, like we're facing down a, a grizzly bear. Absolutely. So, so the fact that we don't take action on it, that's why it's stuck in our bodies because we're hanging on to like, I gotta get ready to run.
2: Right, exactly. So we have this really beautiful brain that's evolved um, and our prefrontal cortex that helps us do so many things also helps us to stress on things that our ancestors didn't. So this this (laughs) system that our ancestors really benefited from with if they needed to fight a grizzly bear or they fell into a river and needed to swim, all of those things, it's so helpful to have that fight or flight response available. Unfortunately, because our big brains have evolved so beautifully, we stress on things like deadlines and making enough money and what our relationships look like. And is that client happy when they're leaving the office? And all these sort of nuanced details that don't they're not life or death. They're not life or death, but it feels that way. And it mm-hmm. feels that way all of the time. So if we're chronically in a state of fight or flight, we're chronically triggering the adrenal and cortisol system that's that's inherent and natural in our body and helpful for us if we were actually in a fight or flight mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, situation.
1: Yeah.
0: And I come from kind of the EMDR background and mm-hmm. there's so much overlap be- between what you're talking about and kind of the way that I talk about these very same things with clients how do we address it coming from your direction because I'm not going to wave my my fingers in front of my own face to address the the trauma that's trapped in my sure. body. You're
1: going to wave the, your fingers in front of your face for other reasons? Yes, exactly. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, so this what the The idea of yoga, the word yoga means to yoke, to join. And part of what we're joining is the body and the breath. And that's the the easiest way for us to access that to calm the fight or flight nervous system. Um, So what we can do is a lot of breath practices that are really powerful. um, That can be one way to kind of build in a stress response. And also for us to kind of keep track of are we breathing from a place of fight or flight? Right. So, diaphragmatic breath is one of the ways that we can help our body to calm the nervous system. And if we're not in a place where we're taking diaphragmatic breaths, which is most of us, most of the time, myself included, mm-hmm. um, we're not, um, we're not, we're in a fight or flight response. And, well, and so
1: many people even just forget to breathe. Like they hold their breath when they're stressed out, right?
2: Absolutely. And that's the most common experience of breathing is most of us are not breathing deeply. We're not getting a full breath. And so when we're in, when I'm in um, when I'm teaching this in person or um, to groups, I will often ask people before we do any diaphragmatic breathing, put both your feet on your, on the floor because sometimes people are so used to breathing in such a shallow way that the flood of oxygen makes them lightheaded or dizzy. (laughs) Oh my God. So If
0: you're listening to this while you're driving, pull over and (laughs) go ahead and try this out
2: sure yeah so and it's actually I do diaphragmatic breathing while I'm driving because I think it's an important reminder that it's okay to breathe and drive at the same time um, and it's not I don't want anybody to close their eyes while they're driving but um you know if we just take a minute and really the first step to a good diaphragmatic breath is understanding if you're doing diaphragmatic breathing that means your abdomen is moving in and out so when you inhale your abdomen should go out when you exhale your abdomen should contract. So starting with just exhaling fully and then inhaling a nice deep breath where you're noticing your abdomen moving in and exhaling again. You can inhale and exhale through the mouth, through the nose, whatever you're most comfortable with. But just taking at least three good full diaphragmatic breaths in, moving the abdomen out, exhaling, moving the abdomen in. And then just kind of noticing where things are when you do take some diaphragmatic breaths and noticing if that's your standard way of breathing or if that's sort of a shift for you. I know for myself, I oftentimes in therapy sessions
1: and even in sessions with consulting clients, I will realize that I've been holding my breath, and I will consciously do diaphragmatic breathing or belly breathing, or, you know, whatever, however people like to think about it. And it does help. Like, I notice my breath, my voice drop. I notice a lot of different pieces that happen. And I even notice my own therapist taking deep breaths when we're talking about something intense. And so, to me, it feels like it's been part of my practice, but I, I think it, it's not for everyone. I don't think a lot of people really consciously think about breathing. And even just taking those breaths can be life-changing. If you've been considering switching to private pay and are unsure how to attract and retain clients, Thrizer can be your best resource. How? Thrizer actually helps you transform out-of-network therapy to look and feel like an in-network experience for clients with out-of-network benefits.
0: First, Thrizer can help clients instantly verify their out-of-network benefits, providing them complete transparency on the cost of therapy ahead of their first session. Then, just by charging your clients via Thrizer's payment platform, you can automatically submit claims for them, offload all the insurance stress onto Thrizer, and even let your clients just pay their co-insurance for sessions, similar to in-network co-pays, to help them afford therapy up front and skip the long reimbursement wait. Thrizer covers the rest of your fees, so you get paid in full upfront and waits for reimbursement on your client's behalf.
1: They also have a Superbill Uploads feature, which is completely free for therapists. If you'd like to instead offer your clients a resource to manage their own super bills, they manage all claims end-to-end so you or your clients don't need to deal with any of the insurance stress. Visit join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to start your free trial and receive waived fees for your first $2,500 in payments.
0: Right. And one of the cool things about doing this in front of an audience here today is, as Salisa was talking about this, I noticed everybody else in the room just kind of easing down too. And it's really cool to, to <laughs> see just even even if you're not, you know, intending to go and do this, but just how easy it is.
2: Right. That's one of the things that I like to remind therapists. I know that we're pressured for time. I know that when we think about the idea of self-care, we think of these luxurious things that are higher order goals, right? Like I'll mm-hmm. have time for baths and ma- massages and pedicures and walks along the and beach. walks along the beach and massages. And, right. I'll have time for all of those <laughs> things when I finish my hours, mm-hmm. when I build my practice, when I x, y, z. And the reality is self-care can be something that we practice in really small ways in between clients. It's not going to cost you a huge amount of time to take three diaphragmatic breaths and it can still sh- shift you out of that fight or flight response. And I, I've read this book and I
1: talk about this book all the time. Sorry, Kurt. It's uh, Daniel Pink's When, you know, and so it's that piece of of timing of things. Right. And so there's a lot of energy gyps that can happen throughout the day. And so taking a two minute break where you go outside and you do this diaphragmatic breathing can completely restore your energy or at least boost it back up because oftentimes around about 252, I think is what he said, we're just crashing hard. And if we think about it, that's exactly when most therapists start working. Right. And so being able to, to find that two minutes to do this breathing, I think can be really helpful for people just on their energy level where they don't feel like they're just so exhausted.
2: Right, right. And one of the things that happens when we're in this fight or flight space is our worldview contracts, right? Our our worldview is hyper-focused on something very narrow, which – isn't necessarily what you would want from a therapist. That's where our clients (laughs) are operating from. They want somebody who can kind of help them to see the bigger picture. But if we're also getting caught in that narrow view and just focusing on this one problem and maybe not seeing it in the context of everything else, it can really get – it makes it really difficult for us to be effective. Um, So in terms of energy and in terms of effectiveness, we all want to be as effective as we can as therapists. This is a really small way to kind of create that space for, for our clients and for ourselves.
0: So, so far things that I've learned today is that I breathe wrong. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What are some other tips that we have? (laughs) 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 Well... Oh, so, Kurt. Oh, Kurt.
2: So this is, well, I think it can be a really helpful way to kind of, just a reminder of, you know, getting us into that breathing. Um, some of the other things that oftentimes as therapists, we will try to sit all day long um, and schedule eight clients in a row and um, not give ourselves the opportunity to have a break. During that 10 minutes, we're trying to make phone calls. We're trying to finish a note. We're, we're trying, on social media. We're on social media. <laughs> we're posting selfies, we have so many things that we need to do. And, um, Really simple things like doing a couple of small stretches can make a huge difference for how you feel in your body for the next client. Um, and the breathing techniques can be really helpful. Some people like to use things like essential oils or things like that that are calming and soothing. Um, one of the things we like to do here at all of our programs is that we have a distress tolerance corner. Uh, and I think that's such a wonderful way to help clients translate skills. But I think as therapists, we forget that this is something that we would benefit from as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a practice. And I think that sometimes instead of noticing, instead of just directing our clients to maybe go meditate, we if we also have a practice of our own and really understand the nuances of how difficult that can be when your mind is racing, can really be helpful for clients to help them to see that, yeah, it's difficult and it's yeah. okay that it's challenging sometimes and it's okay that it's uncomfortable to meditate. And it does not every meditation has to be sitting on a pillow in the dark for an hour. <laughs> it could just be, I have two minutes between clients to take a couple of breaths and just notice where I'm at in my body.
1: So what is a d- distress tolerance corner? That's very uh, intriguing to me.
2: Yeah, so all of our programs have a collection of things that are helpful for people to manage their distress. So this is a DBT skill and the distress tolerance corner has things like puzzles and um, kinesthetic sand and bubbles and bubble wrap and um, coloring books and all these sorts of things that can help people manage some overwhelming emotions. And part of the reason that we have this available is just so that they can translate some of these things into identifying what works for them so that when they get back home out of a higher level of care, they can pick up one or two things as opposed to trying to recreate something that they've never experienced before.
1: I want a distress tolerance corner.
0: You hang around me enough to know that I'm a constant in motion distress tolerance sort of fidgeter.
1: No, it's it's just stress. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but for those who aren't familiar, uh, Center for Discovery's programs, they treat eating disorders, they treat substance abuse, they treat co-occurring disorders. They have places all over the country. Uh, I've had the fortune of visiting a few of their different sites, and they're pretty consistent in the way that they structure each of their their programs. So this is something that it's something that I assume is pretty much in place at every one of your sites.
2: yes, it is. It, so we have this um, and every, I think that every one of our programs might have different things, but there is a full distress tolerance corner in all of our programs, and it really can be helpful um, for clients. But I think also it's important, like I said, to remember what does our distress tolerance look like as therapists? So usually if I have therapists that I'm visiting, I... If I have events, I like to raffle off self-care baskets for therapists because I think about all the things that we need as therapists. What do you need in your office? What would be helpful for you to have? Like maybe sometimes there's a soft, cozy blanket, there's coffee and tea and... I always have chamomile tea available for <laughs> a therapist. Um, something things helpful. that can just be calming, sometimes aromatherapy, things like that. Lavender can be really calming for people. If you don't like it, there's other scents that can be calming. So just keeping in mind, like what works for you? And it's a lot, it's really helpful if somebody else says, here are some things you could try. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think that sometimes we don't always, it goes on our list of higher order goals of, I'll pick those up next time I think about it, which never happens to come.
1: Well, and when when our view has gotten so constricted, we don't have the creativity or even the bandwidth to think about what do I do? And so it's really kind of proactively setting up those self-care practices so that you can actually implement them. I think that's really, really hard for a lot of people when they're already running around like a chicken with their head cut off is like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll I'll do that. It's like, no, it will slow down. (laughs) Right. Take a moment, take a breath and then think about, okay, what can you do and how can you put it in place?
2: Right. And that's part of the reason I know from my personal practice of meditation, I have a practice of meditation, breath work and yoga that I do in the morning because I know if it's something that I decide that I'm going to do at the end of the day, it might not happen. Mm -hmm. If I decide... That I'm going to wait and, you know, when my day is done, or if after I've seen five clients, this is what I'm going to do. It might not happen. Um, so I'm yeah. sort of proactively trying to manage stress every day. And we also having that um, base helps us for when things are overwhelming and when we are facing a lot of stress, we already have a practice that we know that we can turn to that can be helpful in some of these situations.
1: I think that's great. And I think to me, I see the benefit of it most of the time. I have all of the best intentions, but I don't feel like for a lot of people and for me at times that the stakes are high enough. Mm -hmm. Like I have to do this. It's more like I can power through if I, you know, I need to take care of my clients or once this happens, I can get to it. I can, I can deal with it. And I know you talk about kind of what the consequences are if you don't Manage your stress, and so I want to. Usually, we like to go the other way and like end with like, "Here, this is wonderful, you know, shiny unicorns." Like, I think it's it's looking at why do we need to do this? Because so many people will just let it blow by and not actually take care of themselves. Because, well, if my shoulders hurt, it's not
2: a big deal, right? So, one of the really fascinating um, researchers that I really love is Gabor Mate, and one of the things that he talks about is a research study on. Caregivers of sick children. Um, and the study showed that the telomeres of telomeres are the end caps of your genes. That um, the way he describes it, they're sort of ends of shoelaces. And when they unravel over time as we age, we unravel. That's sort of the end of our life. That's the aging process. And the thing that he had researched is mothers of these caregivers of sick children actually were aged 10 years more than their chronological age. Oh, wow. Um, And so it's not that we shouldn't be caring for these sick children. It's that we also need to be providing care for caregivers. And as therapists, we're not just – this is affecting the longevity of our career. We're not just caring for one person for five hours out of the day. It's we are caring for lots of people, and that's Mm -hmm. our entire career in addition to – We may have children, we may have spouses, we may have aging parents, we may have all of these other factors, we may just need to take care of ourselves, we may have chronic illness, all of these things that impact our ability to really um, care for ourselves and provide that nurturance that we need to sustain not only our career, but um, our lifespan and our wellness. But that's so far away.
1: (laughs) I'm not going to die today. At least I hope not.
2: Yeah, and... Chronic stress is actually, I mean, if chronic stress is affecting your sleep, sleep is more dangerous than driving drunk. Yeah. So that's, Good point. and uh, I know us here in Southern California are on the road all of the time, and mm-hmm. it requires a lot to be not only aware of your own driving, but all of the drivers around you. Um, so our ability to really focus, if we're in that hypervigilant state of fight or flight, we're not able to focus as widely on things that mm-hmm. um, could be accidents, that could be all sorts of things um, that affect our ability to care for ourselves. All right. I guess
1: there's dangers now, too.
0: (laughs) You do bring up a good point, and I think that it's kind of the way that our brains are wired is that we look for more of what's the instantaneous release of the stress. Mm -hmm. And if we're in that chronic stress sort of situation, I imagine that You know, a couple of breaths is just kind of in that type A, almost like, and then all of a sudden it's gone. (laughs) So you had mentioned a little bit earlier about uh, even incorporating some of the yoga stretches in your office. And I was wondering if you could maybe describe a couple of those for our listeners. Sure. And... Uh, Or show us, and I'll do my best to describe. (laughs) Sure, yeah, of course.
2: So a couple of things that um, I appreciate, shoulder stretches, um, again, as you said, just kind of having that, um, knowing that our shoulders are an occupational hazard of being a therapist. One of the things that I like to do is... um, I do a lot of chair yoga, so I do a lot of I teach a lot of chair yoga. I teach a lot of professionals that are in their work clothes at work, um, and come into a a training that they maybe or may not have been expecting to do some yoga. Um, so I like to use the edge of the desk or table. Um, you can put both of your elbows and back your chair up far enough so that you can create some space. So sorry if this is a little bit loud. Um, So putting your elbows on and just letting your head drop down um, and really until you feel a stretch in your shoulders. So if you push back just a little bit farther, you can actually let your head drop in between your elbows. Mm -hmm.
0: Feeling like your ideal clients just can't find you online? There's a better way with Simplified SEO Consulting. They're a team of mental health marketing specialists who understand the unique challenges therapists face in the digital world. Forget wasting time on confusing SEO tactics that leave you feeling frustrated and out of the loop.
1: Simplified SEO Consulting offers a range of proven solutions to fit your practice needs from DIY courses that empower you to take control to done with you coaching that provides expert guidance at every step to their individualized done for you SEO plans that let you focus on your clients while they handle the details. Plus, they have an innovative content network program that has set practices across the country apart from the rest. When you're ready to start showing up in front of your ideal clients online, the expert team at Simplified SEO Consulting is ready for you.
0: Visit SimplifiedSEOConsulting.com forward slash modern therapist to schedule your free consultation and find the perfect SEO plan to unlock the full potential of your practice. Don't forget to mention Modern Therapist Revival Guide podcast for $100 off your done-for-you SEO onboarding, or use code Modern Therapist for 20% off a DIY SEO course this summer. For those of you listening and wondering what's going on, everybody in the room is trying to do this. Uh, it's really hilarious looking at Katie and Salisa with their headphones on trying to get this done, too. <laughs>
2: so this and just taking a few breaths here this really isn't um going to require a lot of time but it can help to sort of create some space in your shoulders um our shoulders again are oftentimes forward um our shoulders are our our hips are bent and sort of the best thing to be able to do is is to counter. So creating a counter stretch for what we're already situated in this kind of shoulder stretch helps to open the shoulders back, right? So that's one way. And then also holding the back of the chair and drawing the shoulders and the leading forward with the sternum can really help to create some space and opening for the lungs. It's a nice place to take some nice diaphragmatic breaths um, while you're doing that, just to kind of have, enough space in the body to get a full deep breath Um, one more thing for hips because we're standing all day long uh, you can hold on to your desk and use your therapy chair um, to put your foot on the back of the chair uh, at the seat of the chair and really just kind of get an opening in the hips and thighs so this is sort of a counter to sitting all day long is how can i open my hips Leading up with the sternum, looking towards the ceiling even just creates a little more opening. So some of those are just really subtle ways to add in a stretch. That doesn't take more than a couple of minutes, um, but that's just one way to kind of build in a little bit more opening for your posture for how you sit how you feel throughout the day and it can if you take a, add that with the diaphragmatic breathing it really does increase the energy that you might be feeling at the same time
0: right suddenly i'm really jealous that i didn't take the yoga therapy career path just because <laughs> i would have the reminders to do this throughout the day because as as much as i have really loved being in Salisa's workshops before, I I get back into my old habits. And I get back and I I don't remember to do them. And I'm shamefully admitting, it's not only do I sit all day, but I cross my legs through sessions. And Mm -hmm. I know that that's just horrible additions to my hips. That's something physically that I can do better too. right?
2: So there's a couple of things that I do. One of my friends in my yoga teacher training said, "Just roll out your mat every day. Um even if you just sit on it, just roll out your mat every day. So when I have a therapy office, there's a mat that's rolled out all of the time so that if I have a it's a it's just a visual reminder that I can I can physically just get on my mat for one minute and it's fine. That's enough. Um The other thing that I have at home is diagrams of yoga postures, um, even though I practice yoga and I could lead one with my eyes closed. It's a visual reminder that, oh, here's part of something that I could do today. Um, And there's a ton on the internet that you could just print off as a reminder. I would just leave it under um, my calendar. And it's just sort of this way of reminding myself like, oh, I have a minute. So maybe I can do one of these postures. Um, Just little cues because I think you're right. It's easy for us to get back into our regular our regularly scheduled programming and forget that we could do better for our bodies and ourselves.
0: And I think that, you know, this is something where I I've done yoga previously in my life. I I've tried to incorporate it here and it's something where I'm not as good as I used to be at it. And I, I really have to remind myself of it's the consistency of day after day. And that in getting back into it, that being bad at something is usually one of the first steps towards getting better at it (laughs) and and really giving yourself the permission to not do things perfectly. And especially if you're incorporating these types of things with clients of normalizing kind of that learning curve too.
2: Yeah. I think that's such an important piece. And I I think that's one of the reasons why I feel like it's so important to teach professionals to also have these practices because it's it's easy to tell a client you should go do yoga you should go meditate but unless we really feel in our own body how challenging that experience can be sometimes and recognizing you know i used to be able to touch my toes and maybe i can't anymore and you know things things change or, or, or
0: in my the life. especially on the meditation one the i can't shut my brain off
2: right yeah Right, that can be such a challenge, and it's so it's such a normal thing, right? I have read accounts of Buddhist monks who have studied for thirty years and still have they call it the monkey mind of our mind, sort of racing and go, going from one thought to the next, and that's a normal part of meditating. Um, but I think we kind of have this idea that it only is you should just be quiet, your mind should be still all of the time, and that's not the reality.
1: And I think that's the thing that helps it feel a lot more approachable to me because I know that I've had different periods of my time where I was doing yoga most days and, you know, kind of getting more into it. And right now, you know, I'm at that space where I've got monkey mind and all the time because there's right. so much going on. And I know for myself, even yesterday, I took kind of a mindful morning and, and had, you know, some self care, you know, the whole morning. And I was like, wow, I just am in such a different space. I'm more creative. I've got so much better stuff going on, but it can feel really hard. And so I know we had a, an episode with Ashley Graber, who's also a mindfulness, uh, you know, b- based therapist and, and this conversation, it's just such a great reminder that it's not supposed to be easy. Mm -hmm. And that you can do it in two minutes and it can help immensely just to get started and to roll out your mat every day and just do something so that you get that practice so that you can keep keep going.
2: Right, right. One of the really interesting studies that I came across when I was doing my dissertation was um, that 20 minutes of... Meditation changes the structures of your brain in eight weeks, specifically those structures um, that regulate attention, that regulate mood, anxiety that 20 minutes doesn't have to be 20 minutes altogether. If you Mm -hmm. have five minutes in the morning and a few minutes between clients during the day and maybe two more minutes at the end of the day, that still counts as 20 minutes. So I think that reminding ourselves that we don't have to do it perfectly. It doesn't have to be all together. If I have one minute, five times a day, that still counts as five minutes of meditation. And Mm -hmm. I'm still doing a great job with it. Um, I think that we kind of get into that place of labeling, I did a good job or I did a bad job. And the reality is, if you're trying and you're showing up every day, you're doing a great job.
1: Nice. And 20 minutes a day for eight weeks and you're just changing your brain?
2: Changes the structures of the brain.
1: Oh, that sounds amazing. It's pretty amazing. Okay, so we've got... Only four weeks till the conference. So four weeks after that, we'll be back to normal.
0: So if I do it twice as much
1: each day. Oh, Kurt. Only Kurt's going to try to find a shortcut.
2: (laughs) Yeah, double down. 40 minutes, right. Right, exactly. And And then he won't do
1: it. And then we'll be back to to ground zero.
2: (laughs) Right. And I think that's the piece that, um, you know, people get this, I have to meditate for an hour a day, and I don't have an hour a day. And so it just falls off their list of things to do. But if we can recognize that... It could be 5 minutes a couple of times a day and that's sufficient. It's it it helps us to so kind of much take more the pressure away.
0: Yeah. I'm reminded of the Chinese proverb of you should meditate for 30 minutes every day unless you're too busy and then you should meditate for an hour.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that that speaks to your experience of taking a mindful morning and really recognizing like, wow, this is Mm -hmm. so, so different than my usual state of being. Mm -hmm. For sure. This has been awesome. Thank you so much
1: for coming on, Salisa. This is such a great reminder and such, such great tips and tools. I think it's always nice when we have practical things to take away.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Is there a way that people can track you and find out where you're presenting next and where can they find that?
2: Yes. So I am on Facebook at Salisa Flores ID. That's probably the best place where I share most of the information about where I'm presenting and where I'm speaking. Uh, And I'm always happy to do different presentations for different people, professions, and organizations so they can always contact me there. Um, And I also, my email is salisa.flores at centerfordiscovery.com. Uh, I'm always available there as well. Thank you guys so much for having me on.
0: Absolutely. And we'll include links to all of that in our show notes. You can find those at mtsgpodcast.com. And a giant thank you for Center for Discovery in Beverly Hills for hosting us this morning. Yeah, thanks, guys. Center for Discovery is our gold sponsor at the Therapy Reimagined Conference that is Literally right around the corner. Uh, <laughs> so they have a number of different things that they've done. They're also the sponsor on today's episode. So you'll hear a little bit more about them on the outro. And until next time, I'm Kurt Whithelm with Katie Vernoy and Dr. Salisa Flores. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes.
1: Charge your full rate with confidence with Thrizer. Thrizer takes care of 100% of the insurance stress and helps your clients skip the long reimbursement wait, giving you a powerful tool to attract and retain out-of-network clients with ease. Check out our special link, join.thriser.com forward slash modern therapist, and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thrizer.
0: Feeling stuck with SEO for your therapy practice? There's hope. Head to simplified SEO consulting.com forward slash modern therapist and unlock your website's SEO potential with simplified SEO consulting. Use code modern therapist for a discount and mention the Modern Therapist Survival Guide podcast. For a special offer on Done For You SEO this summer. Let's build your dream practice together.